following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Today, this, I guess if you want a sermon title, it's essentially that He, God, wants you to move. Not to move away, but to move. Keep moving right? Because God does not want us stationary. He does not want us to, uh, you know, kind of stand, you know, still, uh, as it were, where we're not doing anything or proceeding in God's will for our life. Today's message, I, I really know, and I hope and I pray that, and I've been praying for you guys today, is that, that today you'll leave this place more inspired, more encouraged to go out this week and be the Jesus, be the, sh- the shining light, be the, 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 the salt to the earth tomorrow morning, this afternoon, wherever you go. But from this moment on, that you would start to get invigorated and inspired about God's calling and future for your life. And God wants you to move. He wants you to move. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, of, of scriptures throughout and, and characters throughout the Bible where everything is in constant motion. Everything is moving. God's plan cannot be stopped. Amen. God's plan for your life cannot be stopped. You know why? Because Jesus paid the price. And the Bible says that when he paid that price, he went, he died. And, and three days later, he rose from the dead. And in that time, that space of time, he got the keys of sin and death. He paid the price once and for all. That means that the enemy is defeated. He truly is defeated. I think too much. We give the devil way too much credibility, right? You know, like we just think that, oh, the devil's always on our back. He's always hassling me, always, you know, got, you know, he's, he's, he's the one that I guess is the cause to the why uh, I'm in this situation and why my life is not going where I want it to go. I want to tell you, friend, the Bible says that the devil is defeated right? That means he has no stronghold on you, no stronghold on your family. All you've got to do is declare the name of Jesus. The Bible says that that name is greater than any other name, right? Is that that name, we either believe this or we don't, yeah? The Bible says that Jesus is the name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, right? When it says every, that means not only mankind, that means every living creature, every living being, every created being, that includes the devil. The Bible says that they will all bow. Everyone will bow to the name of Jesus. And so the Bible says that Jesus, his love and his kindness towards us, the Bible says that he has a plan and a future for us. God says that in Jeremiah 20 11. We'll get to that in a little while. But the Bible shows me that God's plan for our life cannot be stopped. You know, the only person that can slow it down or mess it up is us. We're the only ones who can do that. We can make our choices and sometimes we blame the devil, but sometimes we need to be, you know, kind of pointing the finger at us that I made those bad choices and now I need God's power and strength to get me through it. Amen. So the devil, he's defeated. That's it. It's over for him. He's finished. As soon as you mention the name of Jesus, the Bible says healing comes, sickness leaves, you know, uh, uh, strongholds are broken. Amen? Now, he wants us to move. But move where? You know, in Ephesians 6 and verse 11 to 13, the Bible says that, you've all heard this scripture before, the Bible says that you should put on the whole armor of God. Paul talking to the, the Ephesus church saying that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness 
in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God. So there's a tops and tails. Paul's saying, you've got to put it on and this is why. So therefore, put it on. You need it, right? And he says, then that you may be able to withstand the evil day or the evil one. And having done all, the Bible says, comma, pause for a moment to stand. See, God doesn't necessarily want us to try and take ground in our own lives or in our own destinies or our own futures and, and will and plan of God for our life. God literally is saying here through the Apostle Paul, he had the revelation, he's sharing it with the church in Ephesus. He's saying to them, all you've got to do is stand. But then you go, your logical mind would go, but wait a minute, Darren, you're talking about God wants us to move. He wants us to keep moving forward. You know what the thing is, is that even if you're standing, you're still moving right now. You're sitting, all of you are sitting. I'm, I'm not, right? I'm the one that's putting in the most effort here, right? I'm the one who's standing and, and, uh, and I've had to stand for praise and worship and I have to stand now, right? So uh, no one can complain, right? But here it is, is that, The Bible shows us that all we need to do is stand. Too many Christians burn themselves out because they're trying. They're pushing. What have I got to do? What have I got to do to change? What have I got to do to move forward? What have I got? It's all about I, 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 I. But the Bible tells me really simply here in John 3.16, the most, uh, I guess, you know, memorable scriptures of the Bible is that for God loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever may believe in him shall be saved, right? The Bible says here that there is a whole lot of God in that. And there's only one little I that whoever believes the rest is all God. But yet when it comes to our daily lives, all of a sudden it gets flipped on the other side is that it's uh, it's all me, me, me and a bit of God and me, 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 right? Like I've got to do I've got to do this. I've got to make this happen. But that's not how God wants us to do it. And I'm going to pray that today you would leave this place just a whole lot lighter in your walk, that you'd walk out of here truly indeed free. Amen? And so the Bible here tells us that all you've got to do is stand. You're not moving, but just stand. Yet I believe that if we look at creation, we are indeed moving. Not only that, we're moving at a, an incredible rate. In Isaiah 40, verse 12 and 22, I mean, I wanted to read all of the chapter of 40, and it's just amazing in Isaiah, but we're just going to look at two, right? The, the Bible says here, this is about God. This is his credentials. This is like, you know, Isaiah trying to reveal a re- revelation that he'd had, putting pen to paper, trying to uh, describe how great God is. In Isaiah 40, and we're just going to look at two verses, 12 and 22. He says, who has measured, this is God describing God, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. I mean, he's massive. Measured heaven with the span. Uh, with, with, with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. He said, weighed the mountains in scales and hills in a balance. I mean, God is just massive. He's all powerful. Verse 22, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. You know, I, I just, I still get confounded when people just, you know, try to discredit the word of God. When the word of God around about 3,000 years ago when this was probably being you know, rolled up in a scroll, was already telling people that the earth was round, right? 
and uh, you know the the you know way way you know thousands of years later, you know you know all the educated ones still believe that the Earth was flat, and yet in the Bible, you know, in the Bible. God says, no, 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 it's a round, it's a round thing, it's a circle. And so the Bible says here, he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out like the heavens, like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. I mean, it's just talking about the immensity and the awesomeness of God, but it's also talking about the creation of God, that He is above all of that, that He is massive, He is huge, He is beyond all of that. He is omnipotent, He is omnipresent, He is all of that above creation. But see, in life, we still have times, and you probably have one of them this week, is that you still feel like you're going nowhere. You still feel like... You know, you ask that question, God, what have you got for me? What's going on? I'm not seeing progress in my life. And you know, and if, we'll, if we were completely honest, we've all asked that question. If not this week, you would have at least asked it in the last year. And you've asked, God, what are you doing? You know, like, why aren't I moving forward? Why aren't I seeing this fruit in my life? Why aren't I seeing God... You do something in my life where I'm progressing. Maybe it's your work. Maybe you're feeling like you've hit a bit of a, a dead end. Or maybe in your relationships you feel empty and dry, you know, whatever it is. But we've all had this sensation in our life where we feel like we're going nowhere, where we feel like nothing's happening. But you know what? One thing that I've come to realize when I was uh, at uh, this year's um, Hillsong Conference, I was sitting there listening to Lou Giglio and I was you know, just starting to get inspired about just some of the, the you know, the, this guy is like the ultimate nerd in the world, right? I mean, I just, uh, he's just like the um, most unbelievable communicator, but he's just like the biggest nerd, you know, plays with his iPad and gets the sound of nebula and nebula and, and kind of mixes it up and puts it into a program. And, and then somehow out of all of that mashup, they call it, out the other side comes how great is our God? And you think that's either an awesome marketing, you know, ploy. I mean, that's just incredible. I got to go buy it and match it up to nebulae and whales making noises. Is anyone a Hillsong? You know what I'm talking about? Did anyone see that session? It was just crazy, man. You just thought, oh my goodness, this guy, he just must sit around and think about numbers. But anyway, um, he, um, he, but what in that session, I just felt the Holy Spirit starting to speak to me. And this is what this message is birthed from. It's just, I've been dwelling on this going, man, this is, this is what God's trying to tell us. Is that we are part of God's creation. And no matter where we're at in life, no matter how far you feel you're from God's presence or how far you, are, you feel you're from God's purpose and plan for your life, I want to tell you, uh, friends, is that God knows exactly where you are and you're in that place. If your heart is after God and you are trying to serve Him with all of your heart, sure we make mistakes, sure we blunder up every so often, but every single one of us need to know that God knows where you are and He has not forgotten you and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. See, right now we are part of God's creation. Right now, here in Chatswood, we are part of God's creation. Amen? That's what you are right now, right? We are together in the same place and we're part of God's plan and purpose for Chatswood right now. And do you know that the earth right now, how fast it is spinning? Do you know how fast we are spinning right now? Does anyone want to have a wild guess? Just, just, just throw it out to me. How fast? Yeah, but give me a number. Try and give me a number. That's what I want. You know, that's too general. That's, that's cheating, right? I want you to give me a number. 
80,000 kilometres an hour. No, much less. <laughs> much less. That's why thousands just led you astray, all of you, yeah. About 2,500 kilometres an hour. Look, I will tell you that at the equator, right, at the... The, earth, uh, the Earth's furthest point from the centre of the Earth is rotating at 1,669... Wait a minute, did I say that right? 1,669.8 kilometres an hour. But you at Chatswood right now, I did, the, I did this for you guys. You guys have never thought about this. But because we are on minus 33.97 degrees latitude, that's where you are right now. In fact, this building is. That's what I did with Google Map and all that. See, I'm trying to be a nerd. I love it. I thought that's so cool. I want to one day be able to mash up whales and nebulae and no, no. Uh, but we right now are spinning right now. We are, whether you like it or not, you're part of God's plan and purpose. He, he hovers over his, his creation. You are part of it whether you love him or not. Right now, you are moving at the rate that he wants you to be moving at, and you are moving right now at, at Chatswood at 1,389.81 kilometers an hour so we should all be handing out speeding tickets right because we are grossly over speed right now right i mean who knows that we need the the speed to pick up a little bit on that m2 my goodness you know 40 kilometers an hour one lane hello do we get like half price did anyone ask like can, can i just you know get a refund or something no you'll pay full price anyway i just unbelievable anyway so if, if, if the planet at its equator is spinning at 1,669.8 kilometers an hour, then how fast do you think that the Earth that we're on, not only is it spinning, but right now it's orbiting the sun? Does anyone have a guess? Just have a guess. Just throw it out there. Think bigger, right? So obviously think bigger. You're in a universe now, a galaxy. 200,000, just halve it, and it's about right. 107,000 kilometers an hour we are spinning around the earth. You are moving. Whether you like it or not, you are moving ahead. And not only that, you're moving at God's rate, at God's plan. Whether you like it or not, no matter what creed or what nation you're from, no matter what country, no matter what um, uh, religion you may believe in, you are all, we are all moving at the rate that God wants us to uh, move at. at a ve- at, at, he has planned all of this. And I thought, I'm sitting there as I'm, as I'm looking at this. I mean, this is what I do in my spare time. I'm looking at this stuff and I'm going, God, that's awesome. But then some really, really smart people, right, that are heaps smarter than me, probably got more degrees than a thermometer or whatever, but they um, basically um, got the Hubble telescope and they pointed it, right, at one of the closest other galaxies and, that they know of, right? And uh, they, they, they realized something really quite crazy. This is back in the 90s, right? They realized that we are actually part of not only an Earth that's spinning at a certain rate, we're also going around the sun at a certain, an incredible rate, but we're also part of a galaxy which is also flying through the universe, and they realized that they worked it out through some pretty crazy um, uh, maths and so forth. I used to love maths in school. I, I really did. I, in my school, if they had offered four-unit mathematics, I would have done it, right? Um, I, re- I was doing three-unit maths, scoring 90, 95. I loved it. Um, everything else, like English and stuff like that, 
not good, right? But, uh, but physics and chemistry, I love chemistry because I got to blow up things. It was really cool. But, um, but you know, all the other, biology was a close third, right? Because, I mean, that's when you get to cut things up. That would have been really fun to look at, but not really. Um, but they found out that the galaxy right, is actually, our galaxy is moving away from another one, like they're, they're going even faster. And they found out that we are all, the, the universe is expanding at 265,600 kilometers an hour. So that's fast. And whether we like it or not, you know, whether we feel like it or not, or whether we feel in our own situations that we're actually moving, See, that's why Paul, I've often wondered, I thought it was just Paul trying to make Christian, the Christian walk a little bit more simpler. You know that you don't have to push. You know, God is God. He's powerful. You just stand. But I think what God was trying to say through Paul to the Ephesian church is to is try and say, even if you just stand, I will not only win the battles for you, but I in all of creation will make you move. And you will be moving, you'll be moving. And you, you know, I guess the question um, that can be asked is, am I moving in the right direction? But see, this is all, these orbits, the, the, the way that the universe interacts, it's all running to the, to the, I guess, the planning and the purpose of God. So you're part of that. We are part of that. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what you're facing, no matter what trials, no matter what issues that you may be facing at work or at home, or maybe these are things that have been going on for a while, I want to tell you that all you need to do is stand. Just let God take you where He wants you to go. It's amazing when we begin to get, when we find out God's will for our life, and we actually align our will for our life, what our desires are, and we align those together. And it is amazing what can happen when God and our wills are combined and have that synergy and move forward. I would not have believed five years ago if you'd have sat me down. And um, for those who were closest to me would have known that uh, me moving into a, out of a full-time youth pastor role here, which I was really quite comfortable in. I thought it was a, it was a cool place to hang out. You know, North Shore, you're a cool place to hang out. It's okay. You can say that about you, man. You know, I love yum cha, you know. I do, right? And I thought this would be cool. But you could not have sat me down five years ago and said, Darren, within five years from now, you would have been in over 540 different schools, not just here in Australia, but some in other countries, in America and in Indonesia. That's where you would have been. And I, and I would have just looked at you and thought, you're crazy. I would have said, you're loopy. Because back then, I was just trying to believe, just saying, God, you know what? I just want to serve you. See, in my life, in, in, our, in our everyday lives, we should all have that same attitude of just standing. I'm just going to stand. God, I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to stand on your revelation in my heart that you are my God, that you've paid the price of my sin. And I'm just going to believe that you are in control. You've got the universe spinning at hundreds of thousands of kilometers. You've got it expanding at even greater speeds, and it's all in control. So how much more can you have my life in control? Praise you, God. Praise you, God. See, 
I believe there needs to be a moment in our life where this becomes reality. It becomes the revelation life walk reality. See, in Jeremiah 29, 11, you've all heard this scripture. The Bible says that, you know, obviously, let me give you some background, is that Jeremiah has been, he's a prophet. He's been spoken to by God. He's writing this down for the people. But essentially, the, the nation is in trouble right? They're, they're, they're captive. They're completely um, decimated as a nation. And yet in amongst all of this turmoil where they feel like God has forsaken them, God has left them. I'm going nowhere. Where's God's plan for my life? Is that in amongst all of this, Jeremiah comes with the word and says, essentially stand, just stand in who you are. Because this is the message I got from God. He says, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future, plans to prosper you and not harm you. But see, that's a great scripture. I love that scripture. And as a kid, I, I memorized that scripture, had it on the front of my Bible, stuck up on my wall. I loved that scripture. Still do. But the best scripture is the one after it. The two after it, verse 12 and 13, where the Bible goes on to say, then. Now, then means something, right? You, you all remember learning English and that? Yeah, you know, because then. Then obviously precedes something, right? So then, but I, I, I asked God the question. I went, why would they then pray, seek your face, find you? Why not before that, then you get the God thing, you know, the, the prosperity, the blessing, the, the favor, the hope. Why? And I really, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit just speak into my heart and say this. is that I give that first because of my love. I give you my hope. I give you the future. Then you come and find me. Because then you're going to want to. Then you're going to want to run to it. Because you know where your source is then. See, what this shows me is two very important things that we need to do. We need to understand that we are all chosen. I believe that the whole earth, every single person that has lived, is living and going to live. God has a plan and purpose for every one of them. He has chosen them to be his children. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I am not of the view that, that, that people would be destined by God to go to hell. I, I just cannot just as an evangelist, but even more than that, just that when John 3.16 says that God loves the world, just loves us all. You know, that song that Pastor John loves singing, you know, he's, had it, he's at our church doing it. And I remember times when he would lead us in it. And it's really, you know, quite cool, but a little bit corny, but cool, is that we'd sing, yes, Jesus loves me. You know the song, yes, Jesus loves me. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, and even as my, my youngest recollections, remembering and hearing the words that Jesus loves me. So we need to understand two things, and this is what I really hope you grab a hold of today. These are the two things that you really need to go away and chew over. See, we're all chosen, right? And God has a calling, as Jeremiah says, and many other scriptures in the Bible, that there is a chosen and then a calling. You receive a calling. I remember when I was, as a little boy, when I got my calling. I still remember it so vividly. I remember that as a young boy, understanding that Jesus has chosen me, that he loves me. 
that he does not want the worst for me. He wants to save me, and then he wants to give me the hope and the future through Christ that God has for me. But then I got my calling, and I'll ask the, uh, the keys to come on up, and we'll start bringing this to a conclusion. But I remember my, call, uh, my calling when I got it. I was in a youth ministry meeting. And, and parents, you need to get your young people. Chris has not asked me to say this, but you have got to get them to youth group and you've got to get them consistently, not by, you know, oh, do I feel like it? You've got to go, right? And, and you go anyway, right? Because Jesus didn't just go, oh, God, didn't feel like dying for, you know, the sins of the world. Maybe next week. No. He did it out of choice. And so my parents, thank God for them. I do every day. Just thank God for my parents. They made me go to youth. And then one day it clicked over in my head. It just finally became revelation. And I went from being chosen to called. Something changed. It didn't happen in my bedroom. It didn't happen while I was walking on a beach trying to find God in nature. You can do all that. But you know where it happened? In a meeting where my youth pastor laid his hands upon me. I can't even remember what he prayed. I just remember that at that moment when he prayed for me, I closed my eyes. Bands playing something. Can't even remember that. What I can remember is that when I closed my eyes, I was at the base of a grassy hill. I looked up. I saw Jesus at the top of that hill. He had his hands out for me and I started to run towards him. I was thinking to myself, yes, I get to hug Jesus. I get to be close to him. And as I got within about a meter of Jesus, I remember that his hands went from outstretched to stop. All of the anxiety, all of the shame of my past, my adoption and and just the issues of rejection started to well up in me. And I thought, Have I been rejected again now by Jesus? Knowing what I was thinking in this vision while my youth pastor's praying for me, the band's blaring away. I can't can't hear my youth pastor, I can't hear the music. All I can see is Jesus. And Jesus, knowing what I'm thinking, says, no, turn around. And when I turn around, I see where I was standing, I see of faces, millions of faces as far as I could see. And it was like every time I focused in on a on a segment of the millions of faces, I'd see their faces come up real close to me. And these faces had smiles on them. These faces had tears running down their face. And I turned back to Jesus and I asked, what is this? And Jesus said, this is what he said to me. In my vision, I was only probably 11, 12 years old, man just after being saved. Grew up in church my whole life. Took a long time to really sink in. And then Jesus said to me, he says, they're smiling. They're saved because you told them about me. Then bang. You know that calling, that moment when I went from chosen to calling, to called. That moment changed me. It's the moment that when I face a day that Chris would talk about that maybe he didn't have one this week, but other weeks where he's had a challenging day or a challenging week. That's the memory that gets me out of that bed. 
That's the memory that puts me in front of the, what, they, what they say is some of the worst schools in Australia and also puts me in front of some of the best. It's that thought where I go from chosen to called. Where are you? Have you gone that step yet? Have you made that step? Are you wondering why God's not doing something in your life? Because you're, you know, you're hearing this word, you're going, but Darren, I, I know I'm spinning through the God's creation at hundreds of thousands of kilometers an hour, but yet I just don't feel like I'm going to. Have you taken the step from being chosen to call? But there's another step. Jeremiah 29, 11, 12 and 13 teaches me this. And it shows us this. Is that not only are those who are chosen and those who are called, but then there are those who have a cause. You've got to progress from just being chosen. You could live that life, that Christian life, your whole life, but that's not the life that Jesus said he has for you. The Bible says when Jesus describes his life for you in John 10, 10, he says, I have come that you might have life. So I'll give you back life. I'll give it to you the way it was meant to be given to you, right? So that before, rin, uh, before sin uh, ripped you off, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to give you life. But then Jesus doesn't finish the statement there. And he says, but I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. That means that as Christians, we are meant to be, I guess without using it in the wrong context, but we're meant to be envied. We're meant to have those who don't know Jesus look at our lives and go with eyes of and and hopefully not sinful envy but looking at us going what is it about you like what is your problem (laughs) what's going on I want that problem what it you know I have my friends my families uh, extended family all these people they they constantly look at Blinder and I and at barbecues and family gatherings, sometimes it bubbles to the surface and we have to kind of just explain it all. But we, Belinda and I are just having this conversation just the other day. We're going, I just, we don't understand the favor. Just don't understand it. Why do doors just fall open for us in churches, you know, across the world, you know, and, and, and schools? What, why? Because the moment Back when I was just very young in God, I went from chosen to called. And then I went from called to a cause. My cause, as should your cause, should be one single thing. Our cause should be Matthew 28, 18. That's the one cause that as believers we should be living for. That we should be believing that every single day, every single week, every single month and every single year that we help see people find Jesus and that we, every single week, month, year, that we see disciples. Amen. That's who we should be. And I want to encourage you today that if you want the blessing and favor of God in your life, then what you've got to do is line up God's will and your will. And those two combined is unstoppable. I believe it with all of my heart. I, I asked God at the end of last year, I said, God, is this it? Like, is this it for uh, your dream? Is this, is this the finish, right? Like, I mean, have I hit the, the, the peak? 
And I remember I sat down with your pastor, my pastor, John Luliano, and I remember I had lunch with him and I asked him the question. I said, this is what I'm praying, because he asked. He said, what are, you, what are you praying for at the moment? I said, this is what I'm praying for. So I ask it every year, but this year I just feel like, is this it? Is this the peak? And John looked across the table from me and he said, you haven't even peaked yet. You're not even close. He says, the things I'm hearing about what you're doing and what churches are saying, he says, you haven't peaked. And I remember that I walked away from that meeting and I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to give it another year. Little did I know that by February, I'd have, an, I'd have the door of the, like the hand of the government knocking on my door saying, we want you to help place youth workers in schools. Oh, great. Praise God. I'll do that. Little did I know that the schools that have been asking for years, what's next? Like, we love your seminar. We want you back every year. But what's next? And now, you know, when Ivan, you know, gave me a call and said, hey, listen, I've got this opportunity. Let's use this thing called YouthMax. It's a model. It's something we have to kind of shape and mold for Australian culture. But let's, let's go away and do something. Little did I know that I'd have schools that are begging us to do it again. I would never have believed that. I would never have believed at the end of last year. I just would have just sat there and went, wow, God, I'll give it another year, but we'll see what happens. See, you can't help but move forward when you just stand on God's promises, God's calling, and God's cause. When you plant your feet on that rock, you're unstoppable. I believe it. I'm not just saying this to have an encouraging word this morning. I, I literally live this and, and marvel at it. Just say, God, how? It's because he's in control. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 